Hey guys, been a while. Uh, apologize for being a couple minutes late. Um, it brings back memories of old signing dates. So I was on a phone call that was uh, no disrespect to you guys, but I had to make a choice, and I made the choice that uh, was the right one. Stay on that call. So, uh, but again, great to see everybody. Uh, Happy New Year to you guys. Hope everything's going well. Um, today's a big day. It uh, is a big day because we're welcoming 33 new players to our program. And uh, that doesn't happen without the efforts of a lot of people. Um, I'd like to recognize first and foremost Eric Joseph, who is Eric Josephs, who is our uh, director of player personnel, has just done an incredible job from the day really I took the job. I took the job here back in, in 2019. Um, he's been unbelievable with the drive and the determination and his entire staff, his recruiting staff has been phenomenal. Uh, our coaches have been really, really uh, unrelenting in pursuit of the kind of people that we, we want to have in our program. And, uh, and not only just our coaches, but our entire staff, you know, it's, it's a family effort here. Everybody from our strength coaches to our nutritionists, to our trainers, everybody was involved in, uh, in an unconventional year, obviously, with not being able to have visitors at all, right? It was, it was weird when, when some of our guys reported mid-year and uh, had never seen the university, some of these kids. So very, very different year, but the work and the effort that went into it, I thought, was uh, uncommon. And I thank, uh, I thank our, our people for doing that. And then last but certainly not least, our players. Even though they couldn't host people on, on visits, they – they were very involved in the recruiting and, and talking about our program and jumping on WebExes and doing those kind of things. So really, uh, my hat's off to them. They, a lot of people put a lot of effort and a lot of heart and grit into this to come up with a class that we're very, very pleased with. Uh, it's huge that we're having these 33 guys, but I think it's even bigger, the buzz that's going on around Rutgers football. And that's the most important thing to me. And, and I've said this before to our team, and I've said it to you. To me, 99% of destination is direction. And if we can just keep heading in the right direction, we're going to get there. And, uh, you know, I had no visions of grandeur this was going to be an overnight trip. But today and everything that's led up today is a big step, right? There's baby steps, and then there's big steps. Today's a, today's a big step. Um, you know, I look at the class. It has, I think thing that jumps out at you, number one, is the kind of people that we brought onto our campus. I'm really, really excited to follow up our first class, which turned out to be really a special group of kids, now followed up with our next one where we had more time, more opportunity to investigate and to get to know people and to build relationships. Uh, I'm thrilled with the kind of people we brought. I'm thrilled with the kind of athletes and football players we brought. Um, we got longer. We got bigger, we got stronger, we got faster. I think this group, just having seen, we have 17 newcomers that came and just seeing them uh, a little bit in the weight room, there's really great potential. And they said, well, what can you see in the weight room? Just the way guys bend, you know, some of it's the numbers they move around, but that, that can be gained. Jay Butler takes care of that and his staff, but natural stuff, bendability. But more than anything, having the chance to be around some of them, just the people they are, the personalities, you know, when you mix them all up, it's it's always a 
it's always a crapshoot. Like, how is the chemistry going to be? And it's been really cool to watch these guys, uh, you know, get on board. So representation, there's uh, 16 from New Jersey, which is always, as I've said, our back our backyard is the most important in, in building this program. We, uh, we stay consistent bringing guys from Florida. It's always going to be part of our program. We have five from Florida. A new kind of a new part of our recruiting is the state of Ohio. Obviously, I'd spent some time there um, at, uh, coaching and um, I'm familiar with some places. So we're going to we're going to make that an active area to recruit. And we have three from Ohio, uh, two from Pennsylvania, two from New York, one from Illinois, one from Virginia, one from Colorado, one from Maryland, and then one from Canada. So it's a it's a good mix. Uh, I really am excited about what lies ahead. And I better be right. If I'm not excited today, we got problems. So I am excited and uh, uh, not unrealistic, very realistic. But again, the direction we're going is the direction we need to be going. And uh, eventually we're going to get there doing that. So I went on a little bit, but uh, I know you guys have questions about particular guys. So let, why don't you just go ahead and, and fire away. Thanks, Coach. We'll start with Tom Canavan from the AP. Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Doing well, Tom. How are you? Good. What happened to the windbreaker in the sweatshirt? That's a great question. Even Mac asked me that. Mac walked in my office and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, special days deserve special dress, right? That's why when we travel, we we uh, get dressed up because it's a business trip. And um, that's to recognize the importance of the weekend, of the game. We work all year for that. Same thing here. A lot of people put a ton of effort into it, so you get it. Okay. Okay. I'm sure that excites you. Yeah. Here's my big question. I mean, you've got 33 new people coming in, and I'm wondering how do, we've talked about this all year. How do you fit everybody in when you start adding in the seniors who are coming back? Well, it's a, it's definitely mathematic gymnastics to try to fit everything together, but ultimately it's going to become a more and more competitive environment in our program. And that's when we get, you know, when Kenny Britt used to go one-on-one versus Jason and Devin McCourty and Tyquan Underwood would be waiting to take the next rep. Most weeks, that was the hardest competition they would face. And that would happen on Tuesday and Wednesday. And that to me is where we need to get to. And this competition of bringing in quality players that believe in our culture is going to create great competition. Will some people probably go by the wayside? Yeah, that happens. But I'm okay with that as long as everybody feels like they're being dealt with fairly. And as I say to, to the parents, I'm going to treat them the way I would want my sons treated. And having had three, three guys go play college football, I'm very sensitive to the fact that guys work very, very hard and they need to have an opportunity to show what they do. But ultimately, I'm very upfront with people that, the competitive level in this program is only going in one direction. And uh, I think our guys have already witnessed that, but I think this group is going to continue to build upon that competition. Keith Sargent, NJ.com. Hey, Greg, how are you? Doing well, Keith. How are you? Doing well. Um, can you speak to the challenges of recruiting during this pandemic? Um, you know, just the inability to host recruits, to hold camps be on the road recruiting, walking, you know, in the high schools. Have there been things that you've liked about the virtual tours, the Zoom meetings, and ultimately when do you expect to get back to normal recruiting? A lot in there. That's a packed question, Keith, and uh, kind of describes our whole recruiting for the last, whatever it is now, since last March. 
Um, we're definitely, everyone is at a disadvantage when you can't go into schools. As you know, we, we, we not only recruit the player, but we recruit the entire school and we gain information. It's as much for us, especially in the early phases, it's as much for us. We're looking in to see if this is the right kind of guy for our program. So we value so much talking to the cafeteria people, talking to the guidance counselors, talking to their teachers, talking to people, you know, the guy who's the parking lot attendant, because those are the people that tell you a lot about what kind of people we're recruiting, right? So we, we missed out on all of that. So what we really uh, put a premium on is when we recruit a guy, finding people who know him, whether it was through Pop Warner or through AAU basketball or wrestling, whatever it was, we spent a lot of time doing that kind of activity to find out if they're a good fit for our program. So we certainly, we missed that in person. Then the second thing the players missed, the recruits missed, is coming to campus and actually living in our culture for a weekend. Now, the fact of the matter is you're not allowed to train them, you're not allowed to do a lot of that stuff. So do they really get a full taste of our culture? No, but they get it. They get to be with our players, you know, in a social setting where you're just hanging out or you're playing the game, videos, and the conversation occurs naturally. And I think players get a feel, yeah, this is a good fit for me. Or, you know what, this place is not for me. I got to get out of here. Right? And that's good. I tell our players, there's nothing wrong with a guy leaving here from an official visit or an unofficial visit saying this place is not for me. Because that saves a lot of work, right? A lot of anguish going through all that. Let's find the guys that fit our culture. Now, granted, we're only going to get those guys from a pile of really good players. Uh, I, he might be a great cultural fit, but if he can't run, he can't block, he can't tackle, he can't catch, he can't throw, it's not going to help very much, right? So we got to get the pile of guys that we know can help us win games in the Big Ten and then really do the deep dive and find out if they're cultural fit for us. So where do we go? Um, we've learned a lot. I know I have learned a lot through technology, uh, being able to do a lot of the things we do with virtual tours and virtual meetings. I think a lot of that will stick around. I know it will uh, when we go back to having live recruiting. Right now, as you know, the, the dead period continues through April 15th. Will they lift it? I don't know. I mean, if you look at it today, you say, I'm not sure, right? Because it doesn't seem much better right now. But you never know, uh, you know how things go with the vaccination and everything. One thing this whole year has taught us is we really need to be laid on our feet, be ready to pivot. And, and change directions quickly and not waste any emotional or physical energy or mental energy on, well, I thought, oh, that's great. You thought that, but it changed. What are we doing now? And I think our guys have done a, a, a really good job of that. And again, I, I can't say enough. Eric Josephs has kept us all doing what we have to do when we also have football games to prepare for, players to deal with. Uh, I think it's been a really good team effort. So yeah, I long for the days when we get back to being able to go go recruiting, but, you know, some things are more important than that, and certainly the, the health of our staff and our players, that that's paramount. Go to Bobby Darren, 24-7. Greg, I wanted to ask you about a transfer specifically. Patrice Rene, uh, you just brought in. What made you decide to move on him, and how do you see him fitting into your defense? Well, first and foremost, uh, Patrice is a – long athletic corner 
which you guys know I really like that, right? And our staff likes that. But more importantly, or as importantly, that alone would not have been reason. But Coach Frazier had recruited uh, Patrice when he was here at Rutgers before, when I had when I wasn't here, and had a tremendous relationship with with him. And um, when he became available, uh, Bob got on the table and just said, "Look, I stand by this kid. Forget what you see on tape. And I know you like that, Coach, but I, this kid is a special kid, and he's a cultural fit." Because we get one year, right? But I think he's going to be a great addition to our room. We have a lot of young corners, a lot of young secondary players that are going to play. I mean, they're going to get their opportunity to play. But to have Patrice in there, another elder statesman in there, uh, I think is really going to help us. And he's going to make plays. Chris Eisman, Gannett. Hey, Greg, earlier um, you mentioned kind of the buzz around the Rutgers football how have you kind of how has that been conveyed to you in, in recent weeks and recent months and and what stood out to you in those conversations with whether it's high school coaches or players just to kind of know that there's there's buzz generating around the program oh i think just the pride that rutgers new jersey coaches new jersey athletes new jersey people you know basketball's doing great right so it's that that juice is flowing football's showing a heartbeat again and that gets people excited, and you can just see that pride. Like, you know what, because I, I remember, you know, right right before I left, you know, that class was going to be something else. And, you know, it can be argued, was it going to be top five, top ten, but it was going to be in the top ten. And some guys decommitted and left, but do those rankings mean anything? Eh, not really, but you know what, they mean something, right, or, they're, or they're, you know, they wouldn't have them. And it just perception was that we were there. We were now being able to get the tops. And I think that's that's where we're headed. And we're headed back to that. And that pride in New Jersey, that pride in Rutgers football is something that is tangible when I, you know, I can't get out into the community and I don't, but I talk to a lot of people on FaceTime and, and telephone and WebEx and, um, you know, a lot of, hey coach, we're, we're fired up, thanks, and all that stuff. And then, you know, I. I convey that to our team because I think at times maybe this program felt a little bit on an island down here in Piscataway, and I think it really is helpful for these guys to to know that there's a lot, a lot of people that are pulling for them. Uh, Richie Schneider from the Night Report. Hey, Greg, how's it going? Going well. How about you, Richie? I can't complain. Uh, a lot of sh uh, snow shoveling, that's about it. <laughs> but anyway um, – the question I have for you, obviously you were down at Berkeley Prep not too long ago coaching. You have a nice little pipeline going there now. Can you talk a little bit more about Joshua Youngblood and what led him to Rutgers and how he's been so far? And also, how dangerous is that kick return tandem going to be between him and Krukshank? Well, first off, yeah, Berkeley Prep, I think it's no uh, secret that I have a great feelings for the, for the football program, the football coach, but for the whole school. I mean, all of my kids went to school there when I was down in Tampa and had tremendous experiences. Um, I actually coached there um, kind of for two years. The first year I was kind of hanging around. The second year, dove head first in. And, uh, you know, Coach Sayo is a dear friend uh, and really a, a fantastic football coach, fantastic man. So um, there's natural relationships there. You know, my, my kids played with Josh, so uh, my twins did. And, uh, you know, Joey played with mine. My twins played with mine. So there's, there's a lot of crossover there. But 
I think there's a lot of similarities in our programs. I know there is. You know, Coach Sio does things uh, the way we do, or I do them the way he does, whatever way you want to look at it. But I think the players in that program are going to feel very comfortable here because that's what they're accustomed to. And they're just doing it at a higher level now. And um, it's exciting for me because that area, as you know, the state of Florida as a whole, but that area opens up a, a, even more. We, we, didn't, we haven't had a ton of area uh, players here in our first go from the West Coast, and now that's that's becoming more and more as well. So I think it uh, it gives us a great opportunity in that Tampa-St. Pete area. Go to James Cratch, NJ.com. Greg, I guess, do you have any news off that phone call you took a second ago? I don't have any news, Cratch. I wish I did. Because why, Jack? This is one of the great mysteries, one of the yeah. great mysteries of, of recruiting Lure. We will all find out, I think, at the same time. Exactly. Hey, um, you mentioned recruiting rankings earlier. You signed, I think, you have three, four stars in this class. Is that something that is important? Obviously, you were at Ohio State where all the studies show that four- and five-star teams that get those guys are the ones who are winning the conference and national titles. Is that something that you have to pay attention to and see go up as you kind of move through this rebuild? Well, first and foremost, Cratch, we're a developmental program, and I don't shy away from that one bit. That's who I want to be. That's who we have to be. So what does that mean? That means that we are going to have – really two major tenants to our entire program, recruit and develop, right? And recruit is find the right people that fit us. If they happen to be five stars, that's really good. But we're not ever going to take a five star at the sacrifice of him not fitting our culture. And why? Because that's not the program we are. You know, we don't do that. A five star who doesn't fit our culture will do more harm than good. That makes sense because he is obviously a good athlete, whether he's a great football player or not, well, that, that is to be told because there are several five stars that end up not making it just as there's several two stars that don't make it. But you have to make sure that they fit the culture. Now, the rankings. Do we know where the rankings come from? A lot, you know, very few of the recruiting analysts are qualified or have the time to watch all the tape and evaluate. So what they go by is offers. Right? So if this guy has this many offers, now, if the guy's just a no-brainer, you watch him and he's you know the next Randy Moss, I guess he's a five-star. The thing that you run into in college football that's we're a little bit different is we don't just throw offers out there to get in it. You know, I've been on staffs where it's, yeah, we got an offer to get in it. And if we don't want to recruit him, we can walk away. Well, I, we don't do that. I don't believe in doing that. I, I, I say, you know what, take the time, do our evaluation, and if we offer him, then we are all laser vision on that guy, and we're going to get him. And I tell the players that. Um, this is a committable offer. So if I make this offer, you can commit at any time. I will keep you informed. If your position is filling up, I will let you know. But I will also let the other guys know. We can't offer one for one. So this 21 class, we were about a four-to-one ratio, which is very, very low. There's programs in our, in our uh, conference that will offer 400 kids, 500 kids. To, to sign a class of 20 to 25 people. So really, what do those offers mean? It doesn't make it better or worse. It's just a different philosophy and one that we don't subscribe to. I really believe on taking our time, figuring it out. And sometimes in state, we catch a little flat. Well, how come you haven't offered this kid? That was always the easiest thing, and I share it with coaches all the time. Right? It's easy for an out-of-state school to come to New Jersey and say, well, look, I would have offered that kid. 
If I was in Jersey, I definitely would offer that kid. But, you know, I really can't do that because we're three, four, five states away. We don't ever let any of that play into. I've told her, you know, when I took this job in 2000, I stood at the podium and I said, we have to agree to disagree. We'll always be honest. We'll tell you exactly where we stand. But it's our rear end on the line. The players we recruit are the guys that are going to play on Saturdays are going to determine our livelihood. So we're going to make sure that we take the players as a staff that we agree on are not only the right players, but the right cultural fit. So get the right guys and develop them. And that will always be our formula. And when they turn out to be, you know, the twins and Kenny Britt and Anthony Davis, then that development takes them to a higher level. Yeah, but there's a lot of really good football players that played great football for Rutgers that were three-star players that just won a lot of games for us. So I always see us being a mix um, with the right people. We have time for a few more. We'll go to Patrick Moran from the Press of Atlantic City. Hi, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well, too. Thank you. Um, going back to our earlier question about players uh, returning, I, I want to get, you know, your excitement level for someone, especially like Bo Melton, he already announced, you know, coming back. How excited are you you're going to get that threat back? He had a great standout season and his best career season, obviously. Um, how excited are you to have him back in, in the water or going in the next year? Well, I speak for our entire staff and program. We're thrilled. And, you know, a lot of people would say you're thrilled because of the production he had and the year he had. Well, yeah, that's for sure, right? But what makes me even more excited is he is one of our hardest workers on our team. But when your best players are your hardest workers, as a head coach, you got something cooking. Because all you got to do is point to you want to you make plays? Look at, look at what Bo, look how Bo practices. Just practice like he does. You don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Look how hard he runs every route. Look how hard he runs every release. Look how he catches the ball and chins it right away every single time to create habits. You know, and that to me, we have a few of those guys that made the decision to come back that I can point to as the head coach to these young, really talented players and tell them, look, you don't need to, to create some pathway there. The pathway's already there. Just do what they do. It'll work. Thank you. Chris Nowalski, Night Report. Hey, Coach, I wanted to ask you about the two uh, Temple transfers. Uh, what did you like about those guys, and how important is it was was it to bring those two guys in considering the considering the uh, position that they play to? Those are, that's a good question, Chris. You know, you're talking about Ifon and David, and one plays O-line, David plays the O-line, Ifon plays defensive line, and I think it's critical because um, we need to develop more depth on both of those units. Um, you know, I've never in 32 years ever promised a player, look, if you come here, you're going to start. I don't do that because a guy may lay around and eat bonbons for six months and show up and think he's going to start, right? He's got to do the things that have made him a great player. But I would be a uh, – I put a lot of stock in the fact that we evaluated these guys when they went into the portal, and we think they can really help our football team. And in David's case, he has three years remaining, so that, that's kind of promising as well. Um, you know, a lot of times in the portal, you don't get guys, um, same thing with Josh. Josh has some time on his clock, which you like, right? That, that's a way to have a guy in your program for a while. So yeah, the portal is going to be something that I think we really have to utilize to help fill in gaps in our program. Um, but you really got to be smart about it because they have to be a cultural fit. If they're not, 
and they're a good player. Just as I said, as a head coach, you love when your best players are your hardest workers. You know what you don't love? When your best players are not your hardest workers. Because now a bunch of young guys say, well, I don't have to work very hard, and I just go make plays. Well, no. If you ever have a guy like that, which we really haven't had many like that, but if you do, he's just a natural guy who doesn't work real hard, you know, that's a bad precedent to set in your program. So we, we are very careful because you know most of those guys that you bring in from the portal have some experience. And final question to Fooch. How are you doing? Um, How are you? I remember uh, – No response. I got you. I'm doing well. Thank you. A lot of snow. I remember the first time around how excited you generally were for the preferred walk-ons that you had in every class and the great success. This time around, how important is it to your program? What's the message to them? And, and what's it like to have one whose father's coaching the Super Bowl this weekend? <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, uh, that is a great question, Fooch, and one that you know I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, I think everybody has a walk-on program, some type of walk-on program. Our walk-on program I spend a lot of time personally on because I believe that if you will do it, incrementally you get great gains. And you just look at our past, right? In my time as head coach, now I've been the head coach of Rutgers for 12 years, 11 and 1. We've had nine walk-ons become captains of our team. Nine. I mean, think about that, right? I think it's uh, seven, uh, eight players that came here as walk-ons went to the NFL. So to sit here and say that this recruiting thing is an exact science, boy, that's a, uh, that is an arrogant statement, right? I mean, really. You know, I, I, think, I think of some of the things that we've done here. I mean, you look like at a guy like Joe Lasardi. Joe Lasardi's in the game playing several times this year, right? I mean, here's a guy that they, you know, I watched him. I said, this kid's, this kid's a good player. And I just looked at him down in the weight room today. His traps are popping. He's starting to develop. This is a guy that's really going to have a chance or an opportunity, and there's several of those guys. I mean, we have some really, really uh, good walk-ons in the program now, and we're bringing 10 more preferred walk-ons in, and these are guys that had opportunities to go play other places, scholarships to other places, and decided that they want the challenge of playing in the Big Ten East. Many of them are from New Jersey. They want to stay home and represent Rutgers. That's to answer a question before that lends to the excitement that's going on. So I am, you can tell I get excited about that because, you know what, nothing makes me feel better than to award a scholarship to a walk-on. And that's hard, right, because there's always players out there you want to use that scholarship on. But I love watching guys come in here and bust their rear end and all of a sudden get to play, and now they get confidence and watch out. You know, we've had some, again, we're talking about nine captains in 12 years. That's that's more than a one-off, right? That's that's a pattern, and I think that pattern is because we spend a lot of time on it. We're a developmental program, and quite frankly, I don't care if you're a five-star or a walk-on. If you give us the best chance to win, you're playing. I don't really get caught up in any of that political stuff. And I think as, you, as your players see that and believe it, now your walk-on program sells itself. So I really look forward to next year, right, because next year is going to be – I don't know how the NCAA is going to handle this, but – we are headed, you know, it's a, it's a train coming down a track, and it's going to hit a wall here. And what happens this time next year is going to be very interesting. Right? You give everybody a free year, that's well and good, but it's going to be very, very interesting how this all plays out. And I think walk-ons are going to be even a bigger part of every program. But the thing I'm excited about is we've already established our walk-on program. I don't have to tell young guys, 
this is what it's going to be, I'm going to be able to say this is what it's been. Big difference. All right, guys, a lot of, lot of uh, ground we covered today. I appreciate you getting on. Uh, don't know if there's going to be any more news or not. If there is, we'll talk. If there's not, we'll talk sometime here in the soon, in the, in the near future, okay? Thank you, fellas.